0: What's happening, everybody? Matt here, but you can call me Mattub and welcome to the Pack-A-Day Podcast, your favorite place to get Packers news 365 days a year. And like I said before, it might not yet be your favorite, but we will make it so. With me, as always, is Zach Jacobson. Say hey to the people, Zach.
1: Hello, people. It is me. I'm Zach. Hello.
0: So, uh, going back to the Zach needs a catchphrase, this is... <laughs> i i noticed that oh, not no. everyone else on pack a day has a catchphrase but because i have had one for so long it just seems like a necessity it's like missing an arm to me you know what i mean
1: yeah yeah i i, I get it i mean not everybody can be as witty and as clever as you my but you know I'm, I'm getting there you know the Thanks. more podcasts we do together the more the more i feel like you're taking me under your wing you know with the catchphrases so we're Thanks. getting there we're making
0: progress i appreciate that um But I will say that (laughs) not having a catchphrase could be your catchphrase in the same way that I'm sure you have heard of Adam Savage. Yes. The guy from Mythbusters. He's uh, on Twitter as Don't Try This. He has a podcast that when they started it, it was the Untitled Podcast. And by the time they were in their third episode, they're like, welcome to Adam Savage's still Untitled Podcast. And guess what? The name of the podcast is 180 episodes in, still untitled. Yes, the name of the podcast is the still untitled <laughs> podcast. So sometimes it can work out in your favor. So maybe just "Hey to the people" or Zach needs a catchphrase or whatever could work for you.
1: I'm I'm gonna stick with what's working for now.
0: <laughs> you know, I, I don't want to bite. I don't want to
1: bite too much off of uh, uh, Adam's shtick. You know, so I'm gonna I'm gonna keep the whole you know I need a catchphrase thing. That's my catchphrase. I like it.
0: Yeah, that could work. <laughs> so. Uh, moving into recent news, as we record this, it is Saturday afternoon, so Family Night has not happened yet, but it will, and the next episode following ours will most likely be the one to go over what happened, and we can talk about if we're, if someone got hurt or not based on the curse that I put on the team last week. Jesus, tub. <laughs> I'm just saying. But you, you and your, and your curses. <laughs> we do, but we do... We do have actual roster news for the day, which Zach just broke on Twitter. So I will let him take the lead on that.
1: Yeah, the Packers actually—they signed James Hearns. He was a defensive end with the Dallas Cowboys. They signed him actually as an undrafted free agent. He was one of the 18 guys they signed in early May. And the interesting part with him is he was actually a uh, linebacker with uh, at uh, Louisville for four years. He had 17 and a half sacks, over 100 tackles, and so he had some—he had some pretty good success there. Went to the Cowboys, they transitioned to defensive end, obviously it didn't work out, and now he was back on the market, well, for about a day. Packers claimed him off waivers today, and they just actually announced the transaction about 10 minutes ago, and they signed him as a linebacker. So that answers that question. He's not going to play defensive end, he's going to be lining up as a linebacker. Probably just a camp body, but you know, we'll see how that goes with him.
0: So it's, it's funny enough, when you look at his draft profile, it says that he's got some quote-unquote character stuff. And a little uh-huh. Googling reviews that in 2016, he got shot in the elbow at Lamar Jackson's Heisman Trophy Party. He was shot in the elbow. Shot in the elbow. Um, let's see. So this this article is from The Combine. It says, here at The Combine 2, Hearns has plenty to talk about. His busy college career featured five seasons, position change, blah, blah, blah. He was shot in the elbow in December 2016. He, the 24 year old pass rusher, suffered the injury at a party the night of Team Lamar Jackson's Heisman Trophy victory. He wants to tell his side of the story. Quote, We were just at a party, wrong place, wrong time, kind of thing. There was an altercation out front between some other guys, and they ended up shooting, hitting me and two other people. So he just, if you want to call that a character thing, whatever, but he was out with some teammates and got caught in the crossfire.
1: Well, first of all, ow! <laughs> like, I, like, I, like, I, 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 oh my God, I want to die just when I hit my funny bone. Like getting shot, taking a bullet in the elbow, oh my God. Yeah. And second, I don't know how I missed that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that, I mean, that, that is was, the randomest part was, of the story. At best, he was labeled as a round seven priority free agent guy, so he was, probably wasn't really on anyone's radar. And right. to go back to Kentley Plot, Math Bomb's uh, almighty relative athletic score, he is only a 3.49. That's, that's not great
1: yeah, that doesn't sound very good. (laughs) So
0: um, other names, I'm going to see if I can even find a comparable person in that draft class that we might have heard of, like in terms of raw athleticism. Uh, Chad Beebe, I remember was a late round wide receiver people were talking about. Uh, Familiar. DJ Ward, defensive end. Uh, He's a Mm -hmm. 3.52. I'm going to check out if the Packers drafted anyone this year, okay. So Cole Madison, uh, who has not shown up to the Packers uh, camp yet due to unforeseen circumstances, is a four. That's a that's a whole other thing. Yeah, that is a whole other thing. If if we ever ha- if we ever got any um, information, we would be able to tell you why Cole isn't there. But we don't have any yet. Yeah, that would
1: actually be really helpful, and <laughs> that would probably ease a lot of people. But, I mean, the, you know, it's really unsettling. And especially when Brian Goodkin's at his presser said that he doesn't have any news on whether or not Cole Madison will even play for the Packers. That was the most unsettling part of the whole thing.
0: Yeah, right. That's, that's not great. But it looks like he would be the only comparable person within the last year. He was a 4.59. Uh, going back to 2017, Jamal Williams was a 4.7. I think he – oh, here we go. Richard Rodgers. Uh, who turns? Oh like, no! Turns don't pick like on Richard. And accelerates like one. It's a 4.46, so almost a full <sighs> RAS point above James Hearn's New Packers linebacker. Completely unnecessary. <laughs> just, I think, did you Completely see the unnecessary. Did you see the reports out of the Eagles camp about Richard Rodgers? Yes, he has been very bad. I know. <laughs> Let's see if I can find... I him. like Richard Rogers. all I right? There is this... Okay, here we go. Uh, this is from uh, Justin Grasso. Richard Rogers is not having a great day. Put on his back by Bennett, and he tried to fight. Stiff arm to the ground by Jenkins. Drilled by Camus Ger- Gergier-Hill. And hurt his arm. Rough day, LOL. <laughs> <That sounds laughs> he said LOL. <laughs> like, he said... Uh, he finished the tweet with LOL. <laughs> I mean, that sounds like the Richard oh Rogers that we know and love. Great hands, but average... And when I say average athlete, I mean literally like an average person who's just really big. (laughs) Just really big. Just just a hulking presence. Well, because I remember watching everyone's favorite number 80, Justin Perillo, outrunning Richard Rogers in his routes. And Justin Perillo, uh, Tex Western over at Acme Packing Company, said that Justin Perillo was... If, if there was like a mock election, he would win most likely to be a beer delivery guy who stole a jersey.
1: <laughs> he fits that bill to a tee, too. That's he really did. actually a really good, really good description.
0: And I, I but to missed, his
1: credit, he caught everything within a five-mile radius of him. Oh, absolutely. He had hands for days.
0: And, and Richard Rodgers is the same way, and I think that Richard Rodgers stuck with the Packers for his full rookie contract, mostly just due to his hands. He was always a reliable target. But if you know if he caught a pass in the flat that he wasn't going to get more than half a yak.
1: Well, that's a little generous. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I said no more. That's the over-under being .5 Oh, okay.
1: Okay, okay. all right.
0: All right. <laughs> Gosh, you know, those, a, those, those play
1: calls uh, were the death of me.
0: Speaking of uh, Packers great Justin Perillo, there was a great play where it was against the Vikings, and Richard Rodgers was wide open in the back left corner of the end zone, and Aaron Rodgers just kind of rainbows it to him, and the pass seems like it hangs in the air for as long as a punt. You remember that? Oh, oh, when Rodgers was rolling
1: right, and then he barely saw Rodgers in the left corner of his eye, and then just lobbed it up to him? Yes. Right? Yeah. Yeah, and he was all alone, and he f- still felt the need to jump for the pass, even yes. when he was all alone. Right. So,
0: um, on that play, Richard Rodgers was bluffing uh, blitz coverage. And then rolled out and was left all alone. And the reason he was left all alone was because Justin Perillo was running a drag route in the other direction. So I actually see he had his he had his contributions to the team. <laughs> and I think this. So Aaron Nagler um, always talks about contributions outside of the stat sheet, and that's what he uses to show that Cobb is still good. Like he brings up Correct. Cobb's utility, and I think that stuff like that goes unheralded unless you watch. The whole play, you don't understand that Justin Perillo ran a really good drag route and pulled coverage off of Richard Rodgers. But that, we're cool. now talking about plays that happened three years ago. <sighs> so let's move on to plays that are happening now, and we're going to talk about Camaro again. Or C- I Kumaro? knew this was coming. Camaro <laughs> is that what you? I I can't say his name. I guess I think it was Camaro. Uh, Has to be Camaro. There's there's
1: no a in it. Has to be Camaro.
0: So Camaro is all of six foot four. But honestly, if you look at him, it looks like he weighs about a buck five. And everyone's been saying that he's catching everything that goes his way. What was the what was the line that that um, they said about his like he, he gets to where he's supposed to be when he's supposed to be there? Is that the I, I actually
1: I wrote a piece on that and I actually can't remember what I said. He he, he basically knows where he needs to be. He I, long story short, long quote short, whatever. He knows his job.
0: Um, he's drawn plenty of attention in Packers camp, I'm re- and I remember Rogers said some nice stuff about him too. Um, Jason Wildy put out a quote from Rogers that says, "I think Jay Kumaro has had a fantastic camp. I think you have to spotlight him. He's made a ton of plays, did it all spring and summer, and now he's getting reps with me and making a ton of plays. He's running the right route all the time and making contested catches and putting the ball away. It's been impressive for a guy from a small school in Wisconsin." I mean, he's done
1: nothing but earn praise. Like all camp long, from Aaron Rodgers, McCarthy, teammates. I mean, it's 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 interesting, really. But I mean, I feel like this is the point where we have to bring ourselves back down to earth and remind us that we haven't even we haven't even played a preseason game yet. Yeah, I mean, right. the the whole The whole hype train is great, and I know you love hype trains. Hype trains, you hype trains. You of all people, you love hype trains. so beur. <laughs> you love hype trains so much, but. I know a lot of other people do, too. And we've been on this hype train before with a, a, a plethora of other players. And Kumaro is no different. But, I, you know, I really just want to see how how we translate from practice to the field because it's totally different when you're going up against, you know, an actual NFL defense, whether it's first string, second string, backups, whatever. It's going to be the preseason. So, so, you know, are you it's saying, a certain sample size.
0: Are you saying that we should quell our expectations about a small school guy until we get to see them against NFL competition. Is that what you're telling me?
1: It's absolutely bizarre that I have to say that, but yes. <laughs>
0: where, where have I heard someone say those exact words before? Oh, yeah, that was me. That was me talking about Raven Green. <laughs> hey, hey, you watch your, you watch your damn mouth. <laughs> My, how the turntables.
1: And now you're quoting The Office against me. This yep. is that's how it works. Uh, this, pod, I, this podcast is not going my way.
0: So uh, last comment about Kumaro. I found it was Philbin who said, uh, we have a saying in the passing game that you need to be where you're supposed to be when you're supposed to be there. And he's been able to do that a number of times. So oh, there, quote. there you go. That's. Um, I think that would kind of speak to Philbin's um, timing based instead of just the isolation, Aaron will make something happen kind of offense.
1: Oh, yeah, because that's, that's, Pretty much filled in scheme, you know. It all kind of just relies on receivers being where they're supposed to be, and pretty much Aaron Rodgers' connection with those receivers. That's why they're, they're, there's so much emphasis on these receivers forming chemistry with him, you know, in camp when they have the chance, and in the preseason. You know, and I get why I get why fans don't want to see Aaron Rodgers play in the preseason. You know, he broke his collarbone last year, so I like trust me, I freaking get it. But those reps against actual NFL competition, not your own defense, like. Seeing what other defenses are going to show you and being able to determine how to handle those different looks in a game setting in the preseason that's going to be like crucial for him going into the regular season. He needs to get as, as many reps in Philbin's system, regardless of him playing it for five years before, like that was you know almost a decade ago. He needs to get these reps now with these new receivers, you know. So so I, I totally I, I get it. You don't want to risk injury and all that, but this is vital. He needs these reps in the preseason. So. Let him play sporadically, you know. Give him some of the third preseason game because I know that's when most of the starters play. It, it, it's it's important.
0: Oh, absolutely makes makes total sense. All right. Um, you know, it's funny. I think it was yeah, it was Troy Aikman and uh, the Cocaine Cowboy, Michael Irvin, used to talk huh. about how they could play in the dark. Their timing was so good that they knew where they wanted to be when they wanted to be there. And they, I mean, you're talking about uh, Hall of Fame. Wide receiver, Hall of Fame quarterback, even though I don't think that Aikman belongs in there. But that's another podcast. <laughs> oh. Oh wow. Yeah, I, I don't think I think Aikman was carried by his team and is a hashtag QB wins Hall of Famer and not necessarily a deserving one on his own.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, you have you have a freaking Deion Sanders on one side of the field and you got a Hall of Fame running back, Hall of Fame receiver, one of the best offensive lines ever. I mean
0: Yeah. It's I think he's he's the poster boy of Q B wins. Um but the, the timing that they had was impeccable, and I think that that is something that has been missing from the Packers' offense, and I really can't wait to see Philbin bring back true West Coast.
1: Well, he, Aaron Rodgers did have that with Jordy Nelson for a while, but right. I mean...
0: But the, I think I think his, his, his Jordy Nelson connection wasn't necessarily a timing thing. It was just more like the mind meld. They played together for so long that they knew what to expect out of each other on a scramble drill. Right. I mean that's well.
1: Well, that that mostly applies to all his receivers. Like when when Rogers breaks the pocket and he gets out, these receivers know to either come back to the ball or just find an open spot in zone where they can just sit and expect him to find them. Mm-hmm. I think with, with with Jordy, you know, whether he was on the sideline corner of the end zone, you know, or throwing those back shoulder passes, you know, they knew where to be, where Jordy was going to be, and, and Jordy knew <laughs> pretty much where Rodgers was going to put the ball ninety five percent of the time. So I. You know that that connection
0: was—it's
1: definitely going to be something that's going to be missed too.
0: Absolutely. Oh man, um, I'm worried that we're going to see something bad in, in Family Night, as I said before. So. Oh my tub! I just—I just—that's—I got a gut feeling. I got a feeling deep in, <laughs> deep in my gut. Deep in my gut. Deep in my gut. What
1: are you—what do you—what do you, you, John Travolta?
0: I suppose. Wow, <laughs> I don't do a good Travolta, I guess. I guess. Wow, yeah, that's Sandy. What's so funny is like my go-to, my go-to is always is always Wow. I guess for for him and Owen Wilson are my Wow or Wow, like those <laughs> Wow. So <laughs> the, well, something I, that sorry, we're, sorry, go something that we're seeing a lot out of out of Goots strategy here is going back to athletic score sorry to to bring this up but he drafted Ah. some friggin athletes man so outside of cole madison um athletic scores the the lowest outside of cole madison is jamon moore at an 8.44 which is still elite
1: and yeah and that's the lowest
0: yeah and everyone else is above a nine and when you're talking nine, I mean, that is a world-class athlete at their position. And the highest being Kendall Donerson. He was a seventh-round linebacker. But, yeah. Uh, Ahmad Thomas has been catching a lot of eyes in camp. He's really yeah, been stepping he's... in.
1: Yeah, he's apparently been flashing in coverage. And, I mean, if the Packers can get, like, a like a coverage linebacker like that to, to come in and play meaningful snaps, then that's going to make the loss of, of Jake Ryan seem not so... Not so significant, but you know it's still going to be felt there because Jake Ryan he played extremely well against the run. He wasn't a guy in coverage, but right, you know Blake Ryan can play the. Uh, I mean <laughs> Blake Martinez, <laughs> he can play the run pretty pretty damn well too. Oh, I think and, you mean.
0: It, I think you mean Boer Martinez. Boer Martinez, as, yeah, as Wes Hodd accidentally called him and has now been taking Twitter by storm.
1: Let me guess. Was he was he typing during one of the practices? Yes, he was. He had to get a tweet off really quick. He
0: was like, "Great tackle by Bo Martinez" or something like that. And people were like, "What?" So yeah, it's he's, fitting. It's fitting. He's a freaking behemoth. So I have actually been campaigning Pro Football Reference to uh, make that his official nickname because if you go to if you go to Pro Football <laughs> Reference, if people have a quote unquote official nickname, then they put them there. Yeah, they put them there. So there is one linebacker. On the Green Bay Packers, who is known as the Freak. Can you guess who the Freak is?
1: Currently on the team? Yes. Is he inside or outside? Outside. Hmm. I'm I'm gonna take a wild guess here. Is it someone that we're not expecting?
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: Vince Beagle. Kyler
0: Fackrell.
1: <laughs> Jesus Christ <laughs> I got the wrong white linebacker. <laughs>
0: God. So, um, at some point, I think it was like 2014. Some announcer called him Kyler the Freak Fakrell, and it is on his it, it is on his Pro Football Focus page. If you check, it says Kyler the Freak Fakrell, and I have been campaigning pro, fo- pro Football Focus both on Reddit and on Twitter to get Boar added to Blake Martinez as well as uh, Mike Daniels. Has been known by fans as Diesel for quite a long time, and I think mm-hmm. that that is a very deserving nickname.
1: I like that actually.
0: So I think that because if you actually like, he's talked about it on Twitter. He goes by Diesel. He he puts like car truck emojis everywhere. I think yeah,
1: he, he he's been very vo- vocal about that nickname. <coughs> <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, I've seen that multiple times. I really like <laughs> Kyler the Freak Fakrill. That that actually flows really nice.
0: And Kyler the Freak Fackerel had one winning one-on-one pass rush attempt against Bakhtiari and the internet is losing their minds there have been all these think pieces about well maybe he's just a late bloomer and he's going to add quality depth and then I'm sitting here like hey do you guys remember that Redskins game
1: uh don't remind me of that (laughs) he got tossed like a freaking rag doll oh it was bad
0: it was like it was like watching those clips on YouTube of judo when some big, strong guy goes after a tiny little dude and the little dude, like, flips him. <laughs> it, it was like that. It was... Oh, my God. Even though that... it was a it was a 330-pound right tackle, my point still stands. I, I think... Me, and I will happily sit here in this chair talking into my microphone on a boom arm about how much crow I'm eating over this when we're six games into the season and Fackrell has five sacks. I will happily... Be like, you know what, guys? I was wrong. Ha ha! Let's laugh at the idiot. I don't think that's going to happen.
1: You would need actually the world's largest plate of crow because everybody has given up on Fackrell. I have not seen, aside from Zach Cruz, he did say that Kyler Fackrell stood out a little bit last season, had some good reps, which I actually agree with. You know, I I know that goes against everybody's narrative because you know you're supposed to hate Kyler Fackrell, you're supposed to hate Dimitri Goodson just because. That's the Twitter narrative. But he did have some good reps last season.
0: Yeah. Okay,
1: So there, there is that. But he's mostly bad. So you would need the biggest plate of crow to feed all of Twitter, every single Packer fan who has given up on Kyler Fackrell, if he is leading the team in sacks at any point this season. Yeah, absolutely. Outside, outside, outside of the first few weeks, obviously. Because, I mean, you
0: know. Right, if he ends up with like one and a half sacks and everyone else has half or one. Yeah, that's just not fair. That doesn't count. But yeah, if we're talking yeah. midseason and he's got he's on pace for a, a double digit sack season, I will sit here and sing the freaks praises all day.
1: He will rightfully earn that nickname, <laughs> like undoubtedly.
0: And it's it's. I mean, if you look at his numbers, the the guy has all the athleticism in the world, but he's just missing that like killer instinct that an outside linebacker needs.
1: I feel like he's the Jeff Janis of defense.
0: No. I yes, think, I think Jeff, Jeff Janis would have been a better pass rusher than Kyler Fackrell.
1: No, stop it! Th- look at look look. Jeff Janis, he was not very good at his craft uh, at playing receiver. Kyler Fackrell, he isn't very good at his craft playing outside linebacker. Jeff Janis, very good on special teams. Kyler Fackrell, very good on special teams. Underrated on special teams, even.
0: I mean, he blocked a punt last year. You can't really underrate that. Yeah, but when you talk about the
1: Packers special teams players, you hear a lot about you know Jeff Janis or Demetri Goodson. You don't hear a lot about Kyler Fackrell, even though he's like one of the biggest contributors contributors in terms of snaps, like on a yearly basis on special teams. Oh right. Yet nobody talks about that because it's Kyler Fackrell.
0: But also, like I said before, big, tall, strong, and fast always translates special teams, and you're going to see that guy getting snaps and blah blah blah. Exactly. That that goes back to my point too. The athletic, the
1: athleticism, big and strong, just like Jeff Janis. <laughs> but but it didn't translate
0: to his position. But in as my retort, I will say you can watch snaps of Jeff Janis playing special teams versus snaps of Kyler Fackerl playing outside linebacker. And Jeff shows more of a killer instinct than Fackerl does because Jeff draws double coverage on punt gunning. He literally has to split double teams to go after the returner.
1: Well, yeah, obviously Jeff, Jeff Janis was way more like useful on special teams than <laughs> Kyler Fackerl was on defense,
0: but I mean, but, yes, I guess if we go just, apples to apples. I, yeah, I think that that's, oh yeah. If you I'm look just, at the wide receiver versus the outside linebacker. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I'm with you on that. Well, yes. we will see tonight if Fackerel can play well in front of a crowd of 78,000 people because we talking about practice, not a game. 78,000 people for practice. 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 <laughs> that's my Allen Iverson. My, yeah. my Allen Iverson's real bad. I do better with, like, old white guys. <laughs> Fitting. Fitting. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, hopefully you enjoy Family Night, or en- I guess by the time you listen to this, enjoyed Family Night. And make sure that you listen to the Packaday podcast and subscribe and rate on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, and check us out on Cheesehead TV. Make sure you leave a comment, let everyone know how much you love Zach and I.
1: And hopefully nobody suffers a season-ending injury tonight because my tub likes to curse everything.
0: <laughs> I'm just saying... I- <laughs> It just, I'm just feeling it in my gut. Let me know in the comments how much you hate me when you listen to this and someone is actually hurt. Oh, no. All right, guys. That's going to do it for us. As always, I'm Matt, but you can call me Matub. And I'm Zach, and I still
1: need a catchphrase.
0: <laughs> Have a great day, everybody, and go pack <laughs> Shotgun formation of third and 15 to the 46 yard line of Dallas. They empty the shotgun. Cobb in motion to the left side. Rogers looks it over gets the snap. Backpedals now under some pressure. Steps up, throws it over the middle. Guy Adams! 30. Turns up field 25. Cutting right to the 20. 15. 10 5. Devontae Adams to the south end zone for the touchdown. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time.